Good morning, role players. It is a beautiful Monday morning where I live. I hope that the same can be said for you. Really quick, before I jump into the conversation with my guest today, I want to give a just a, a huge thank you to the people who have been coming on and sending up the uh, submission form to come onto the podcast. I have so many people who want to come in and talk to me about this weird, crazy hobby. And I'm sure each of us are going to have a wild story to tell. I have enough podcast episodes edited and ready to go for the next two months. And I have enough guests to last us the next three months after that, I believe. I also want to give a quick apology for the episode not coming out last Monday. I will get better at social media and just informing people in general about what happened. I know that I don't have a big social media presence. I will do my best to work on that um, actually becoming better at the social media last monday i had uh, actually last sunday i had to restart my computer because i had a big problem going on i couldn't save any files it wouldn't allow me to make more projects or work on anything so i had to back everything up but in the process of doing this some files were lost and i had to spend a lot of time with my friend recovering these files from an external hard drive it was just a mess i'm so sorry I'll try to do an extra episode somewhere before the end of the year, so that way I can still meet the quota that I had lined out for myself. I also want to say welcome to anybody new, and hello to anybody returning. It's been a pleasure to have you guys here. Um, if you'd like to join us further after this interview, please come join us down below in the Discord. Uh, lots of role players there, lots of times we just talk about random shit, really, but... I love all of them very much, and I would love for you to be a part of that. It's also just a really good way to reach out to me if you want to. You can reach out to me the, via the emails, but you can also just come into Discord and say hello to me. All right, enough rambling from me. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Character building. That's what it was. I knew it. Okay. Character yeah. building. Ooh. Yes. Your response was, I'd love to talk about the exploratory nature of character building. A lot of mine. I knew there was a reason I pulled up my character sheets. I knew it. I knew it. I forgot what I was going to talk about, but I totally remembered because I have two character sheets pulled up, and I'm like, "Why are these here?" Yeah. Um. So we're gonna get into that. <laughs> we're probably gonna excuse me. Excuse me. Um. We are gonna get into that in like the later half of the episode, if that is okay with you. I just like to. I I used to do this thing where I'd introduce people and be like, "Hi, my name is Mister Island. What's up? Blah 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 blah. This is my guest, the amazing so and so." But I stopped doing that because it made it feel less of a conversation and more of an interview. And I've been I've been trying Aww. really hard to push to people that this is more just a conversation about people who like to role play and talking about role play and how wild and weird and cool and crazy role playing can be nice yeah so hi dewey it's so nice to meet you it's so nice to meet you mr island i am doing all of the hand gestures and facial expressions and it just doesn't matter but that is how i talk is with I... hands ablaze and just yeah <laughs> I do the same thing. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that's just a um, a side effect of being ADHD. And ah, you and yes, I both that met is, through that is, an ADHD. We met through community. the creator of the, yeah, because of the Modern Sam app. I'm so excited. I've been beta testing it. It is, I can't say more than that, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad it's going so well. This will be a really fun this will be uh because this episode isn't gonna come out until next year, actually, 2024, to date this. So I'm super excited to like because I'm super excited to get um because um uh Sam's uh I say Sam's. Oh no, what was his name? Um oh I feel Ryan. so bad. Ryan the creator I knew is Ryan. I yeah. knew name was ryan i just forgot about it don't worry everybody that's I'm, okay oh. that's okay but yeah i <laughs> i am known in that community for just my exuberance yes um so i know that you and i met through an adhd community but i know that you also like role-playing so how how did you how how has on the topic of adhd how has adhd been affecting you role-play wise so it's been a little bit useful insofar as the majority of the people in my routine groups um, 
I have one that's currently on indefinite hiatus and there's one that I had been in for a good chunk of one of the preformed modules. We got most of the way through Tomb of Annihilation, but um and that's a good I, I just tend to end up in groups that are also full of neuro spicy people. So as long as the game master dungeon master person is prepared for that it's a really good time because nobody gets mad when we go all the way down the rabbit hole it's just like okay so we all wandered off let's let's get back on track now but that was a great side quest love that for us (laughs) so i I think i think it just mostly amounts to who i end up playing with Mm -hmm. did you say neuro spicy by the way i definitely did I love that. I'm going to start referring to it as Neuro Spicy for now on, because that sounds so much better. than We, do, we, do, we just have a little more flavor than perhaps everyone expects. <laughs> well, now I can be like, I'm, I'm a little spicy when, when I have to deal with people, because sometimes it's impossible to keep my attention in one spot. So I have to then roundabout myself to them and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I just went off on a little tangent there. Uh, now I can be like, don't worry. I'm just Neuro Spicy, and I apologize. And and at some level, like, I love that terminology for myself because parts of it can be really, really fun and exciting, and parts of it can just wreck me, mm-hmm. similarly to spice levels in food. Depending on who you are, depending what's going on, you will either have a very good time or a very bad time. <laughs> I've been using the term spoons a lot more lately. Like, I never used spoons yeah. until probably uh-huh. I joined the Modern Sam community. But now mm-hmm. I'd be like, ah, oh, I don't have the spoons for this today, or I don't have the spoons for that today. These people have yeah. taken all my spoons. Yeah, another term I've seen people use is I'm low on spell slots. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the cool, like, that's the one I want to start using. But unfortunately, I, I'm at that point where I'm saying spoons so much that if I force the spell slots uh, shenanigans, <laughs> then I'm not going to get it 100% correct all the time. And I will go back and forth between spoons and spell slots. But at some level, does it really matter? Because either way, it's like, you know, a really good analogy. Because if you need a spoon and all you have is a knife, it's going to go better than if you have nothing, but it's still not going to go right, per se. You're absolutely right. And I'm going to just go ahead and start using spell slots from now on. <laughs> that was that was all I needed to hear to make spell slots happen. Oh, <laughs> speaking of spell slots, so I'm assuming from from the way we've been talking, I'm assuming that you you know uh, at least a good bit about D and D at this point. So the majority of my tabletop role playing experience is Dungeons and Dragons Five E. Um, I play mostly Fifth Edition. I have briefly attempted things like uh, Pathfinder, or rather Starfinder. I played like. Two sessions of Starfinder. Um, I had a friend who became the forever DM of the group, but way back when he was starting out, um, he tried to have me do a little bit of Dark Heresy, and uh, husband was also involved in that game. But it was literally three of us, and it was it was something, all right, with the fridge magnets and the soda cans as minis. But mm-hmm. you know what? He's come a long way. We've come a long way. And my <laughs> my favorite character made it to level nine so far, <laughs> and I'm really proud of her. <laughs> That's awesome. I could never get. I have never been in a game long enough for my character in D and D at least. And three point five, four point oh. Uh, I'm. I don't. I don't even know. I haven't played 5.E yet, but in 3.5 and 4.0 and hell, I don't even think in 2.0, I have, have I ever gotten a character above level seven? And granted, we started at level three on purpose. That's fair. Sometimes I do that just because sometimes when I'm running a game, I'll just do that because I'm just like, I, I know people want to have their different characters and stuff. I immediately just go ahead and after the first, like we all start at level one. But after the first, after the first playtest, like the first game, um, I immediately mm-hmm. just jump everybody up to level two or three. Ah, uh, yes, classic milestone experience points. I love that. Yeah, because I just because I know that people are there to play characters, 
and to have a fun narrative experience with the other people. So I'm just like, I'm going to just get you up there uh, immediately. And then from there, you can develop your characters however you see fit. Yeah, I'm a big fan of emphasizing role play. And yes, combat is a way to have the characters interact differently than they would out of battle. But I, I really do live for the narrative aspect and the interaction component. Yeah. I do too. Me and my friends are playing a game called uh, We're Blasting Off Again right now, which is, um, or we're blasting off. Yeah, we're blasting off. No, blasting off again. I always get that mixed up. But uh, it's, a, it's a game inspired by Team Rocket from Pokemon. Uh, oh like no, Jesse, I love this already. Yeah, it's uh, specifically around Jesse James and Meowth's shenanigans, right? And <laughs> we're playing through this little game, and eventually I'm going to have this thing... Uh, sort of like an audio drama-ish project that I'm, I'm working on. And I'm trying to, like, come up with the sound effects and stuff like that. And I don't know if I could ever have gotten to the point of trying to make weird grunting noises in... D I probably could have in D&D. &D, but in in this idea, I just... I'm just sitting on the other side of the uh, camera making weird grunting noises at the, the at my friends and they're just laughing at me about it. I prefer the narrative and the camaraderie of tabletop more than I do the combat is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. I just went off on a weird tangent there. Sorry, I'm neurospicy. Good news. I'm also neurospicy. I'm having a good time. <laughs> good. So how did you get into how did you get into role playing out of curiosity? Oh gosh. Um that's a really good question. I'm not entirely clear on the exact path, but I do have to give a quick shout out. I have a, a cousin who's like 12 years older than me, mm -hmm. and I think I was like seven. And one time he was just ready to be done with interacting with me and like playing whatever I wanted to play, like tiny little girl cousin. And like, I want to go play the drums and fair enough. But mm -hmm. also like, you know, this was probably the early mid nineties. and he said, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Because I just, I, I was a little bit relentless about it, not going to lie. And he's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. The way it goes when my friends and I need to make a decision is we let the dice decide. So he pulls out D&D &D dice. And he's like, if we get this number or higher, we're going to do what you want to do. If we get this number or lower, we're going to do what I want to do and we're done. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I lost that role, and that's probably where it started. Was just the idea that like let the dice decide, and you're just gonna have to live with it. Let the chaos lords de depict my fate, please. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I am. Um, I but have, uh, that was I probably my first exposure that I remember to tabletop RPGs was just this concept of the dice will decide what happens. Yeah, I like that. That was one of the main draws for me as well, where I was like, I can just let these things decide for me. I don't actually have to do anything other than play pretend and just roll some dice. God, this sounds so much better, actually. But I also definitely have a deep appreciation for theater and improv in general. I definitely took electives in school ever at all for that sort of stuff. Um, I wasn't great at it in the levels and the, like, ways that I was hoping to do mm -hmm. but I do think that that past experience of having just kind of a shell of a story and moving through it and just kind of winging it as you go has been useful both in and out of character <laughs> um my my day job if you want to call it a day job it's mostly nights and weekends but mm -hmm. I work at a public library and a lot of what I do for my regular job is a lot like that where this this general narrative of people are coming here to get their library business done borrow whatever ask their questions etc attend a program whatever and my job is to get us through the day and whatever comes up i will handle it it's mm. it's very much like playing a tabletop rpg like all right here's this situation what do you do well, here's what I'm going to try and do. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. No, I, I get that. I, I'm the same way. And I'm thinking I've started to be the same way at the very least, where I've started approaching things more like a, more as a sense of 
more, I should say, less as a sense of this is something that I am doing and more as something that I have choices and I can just, I'm going to just pick a path and see how that plays out. As long as I'm not over, like, hurting someone or, you know, stepping on someone's foot or something like that, I I should be okay. Yeah, getting used to the idea of even if something goes squirrely, there's still room to resolve it a lot of the time has been helpful. And a lot of how I kind of make those choices in real life, I tend to be like, you know, all right, so here's this other person in my life who would probably be really useful in this situation. What would they be doing right now about this? Mm-hmm. And that is how I make a lot of decisions out of character is just saying, all right, what would my godmother be doing? What would my old boss be saying right now about mm-hmm. this or to this person? And well, it gets me through a lot of stuff. To oh, just yeah? draw on i'm going to treat this like i'm so and so and i'm just going to handle it and afterwards we'll see what happens and hopefully everything turns out for the best right a lot of times i get through it a lot of times i get through it i i made it to this interview that's pretty cool hey welcome welcome to the podcast (laughs) welcome to the podcast (laughs) 20 minutes in i have arrived Oh, you're finally here. We can finally get started. All right, let me, let me let me bring out the cannons, and we'll get this show on the road. Oh, but how? So, I also can't remember how I started in D and D or our tabletops in general. I'll be honest with you. I keep flip flopping between two point oh and three point five. I honestly can't remember which one was my first game, and I hope no one out there thinks I'm lying because I just don't. I just don't remember. I'm sorry. But also, like, depending on when those first couple of games were, they might have been close enough together that on a practical level, it's irrelevant. That's true. That is true. I've never thought about it like that. I really haven't. Who was your, um, I always like, I like to ask this question a lot sometimes. Who was your first character? Oh, my first character. Oh, gosh. That was... That's a really good question. Was that the Starfinder? Was that... that was probably the Starfinder, and none of us knew the system, including the DM. We were just experimenting with Starfinder. And I barely remember my character. I was not playing a human. I I mean, if I, I just... I, I barely remember the character. I, we barely got through, like, two sessions, and we're like, forget this, we're going to try Dungeons & Dragons instead. And then I played a very forgettable um, rogue that I mm. literally just modeled after my biological sibling. And <laughs> I was just like, all right, what would my brother be doing? And that was not a super fun character, even though my brother is a super fun person. Just I'm not good at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my first really, really solid character is probably the one whose character sheet I have up and that is Heibu. Heibu is an Aarakocra barbarian and she has failed every charisma save she has ever attempted. That's wonderful. And everybody loves her anyway. (laughs) Because because it's just me if I were stronger and a giant bird and just... (laughs) That's been a lot of fun is to just kind of like optimize my personality in ways that real life doesn't allow me to do. And similarly, I played a wizard artificer mishmash at one point called Lynn, and that was really fun. It was custom lineage, and there was this perpetual passive deception where people thought that she was... um a Yuan-Ti, a snake person, because, you know, has a tail, it looks like a snake, clearly this is, but no, she's she's got custom lineage, and that is her Triton or Mer-person heritage coming out as a sea snake, but she just quietly doesn't correct people, so it's not like an act of deception, I don't have to roll deception checks, and mm. session one with that character was really interesting, because she got incredibly drunk, and for the most part, people still didn't understand what was happening. So those are some of my more memorable characters. I have a few like that as well. Yeah. Have you um have you tried to reuse them at all? Have they continued existence oh, oh, or so 
So Lynn was actually a test drive for a future character where I'm going to basically be like my evil librarian Quinn in D&D mode. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to play another character similarly with similar lineage where it's a Triton, but looks like a Yuanti visually to the casual observer. And I'm hoping to do the Unearthed Arcana uh, Arcane Help Desk and just be like, please hold. Let me let me see how I can screw you up without make letting on that I'm just not here for this and I just don't want to be here. Right. <laughs> Cuz I really do try sincerely to be helpful at my job and in life and D&D is a good opportunity to just kind of like let out all the stress and tension of those interactions where I have to be the diplomat for various reasons but part of me is just like with the little uh, two versions of me on either shoulder going, do this, do that. And I'm just like, mm, this will I... make great D&D content, but that is not how I'm going to interact in this actual setting. Thank you. Right. I have a mechanic for this. Um, and what I call it, I call it the stress die. And oh my gosh. this is a point where in a game sometimes i just i just do not know what my character will do and i don't do this for every character because it doesn't make sense for every character to do this but there are some things where i just i personally don't know how to handle it and i don't think my character knows how to handle it so i use this thing called a stress die and i will just take this d6 or this d4 whatever i've decided at the beginning of this game um and i will roll I'll roll it, and if I roll a one, I throw a chair. That's just how it's gonna work. I just my character is gonna pick up a chair and throw it. I don't know how, I don't know why, but that's what's gonna happen. And I'm sorry, but that's probably gonna be my whole ass action because I don't know what else to do. And of course, there'll be like other things like um, chug a potion, uh, um. Ask, ask for. It, it's ask. literally just like roll the die, see what happens with yeah. the amount of stress that I'm under. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes, I love I, it. I don't know if that will help you at all, but if anybody out there ever wants to make a stress die, it's super easy. Just pick a d a d four, d six, d two, d whatever. Write down whatever your character will do during these stress times, and just roll it. And then that's what your character is going to do. Chug twenty potions. Well, there you go. That's a lot of potions. Do they stack? Do they? Are they all the same kind of potion? I have questions. That's entirely (laughs) up to your DM and you. Gosh, (laughs) that's great. I might, I might borrow that someday. Um, it's just something to do. It's just an outlet to give me a way of interacting with a table with no thought because I just don't know how a certain thing will set up no i can't do that in the warhammer 40k game that i'm in right now Mm -hmm. the dark heresy game that i'm in right now because Mm -hmm. then my character will die because everything in 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 dark heresy is awful and terrible and trying to kill you yeah i i have vague and very vague it it was probably a decade ago recollections of that setting um i was i was a sister of battle called keldra dawn slayer and i had more fun making the name than a lot of the rest of it but (laughs) But I was new at it. It was, you know, a baby DM. Like, mm-hmm. of course, it was more about just learning how to interact with, you know, with one DM and two players. It's going to be hard in that setting. And it, you know, it went well enough that that's now the person running Heibu's game, if if we ever get back to it. But, like, my favorite characters, I build around their names. And so Lynn with the Triton heritage and the wizardry was a pun the whole time. It's Mer Lynn, the wizard. <laughs> like uh, from Arthurian me, legend. I totally went there. Give me one moment. My son has asked me to come with him into the kitchen. So give me one, one moment. I'm so sorry. It's all good. This is the obligatory get in and drips the show. Segment. <laughs> PhD break. I'm so sorry. My son keeps interrupting us this day. Uh, that I just could not get him to chill out for my life uh, that day. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and just use this time to throw in the mid-roll section. 
And if you are somebody who has a role-playing podcast, please come let me know. I will be happy to insert an ad for uh, an ad read for you or whatever you like right here. My whole thing about my podcast is I want to help the role-play community and talk to the role-play community. And if you're a part of that community, I would like to have you here. Hello, hello, hello. We are Roleplay Rejects, an actual play podcast that is all about new and unusual tabletop roleplaying games. Our show explores various roleplaying systems and their associated worlds while being guided by one of the rejects as Game Master. Each story is entirely separate and designed to be listened to in any order and comes complete with laughter. I'm gonna take your life and sadness. I've never killed anything before. Puns, we struck Yukon Gold. <laughs> and whatever the hell this is. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Listen to Roleplay Rejects wherever you get podcasts. Uh the cat got up on the counter and, and that was that was enough for me to have to come in there and look. I mean, the cat did something interesting. It's it's the rules. You have to go look. <laughs> I know I, how this works. Like this is fine. I I I'm actually about to get. Speaking of my son interrupting in our first games and such, I'm actually about to get my son, or at least I'm going to try to get my son into uh, tabletops pretty soon. Uh, starting on uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm gonna nice. sit down with my friends and we're gonna make up little character sheets and we're gonna use this game called Anamon Story, which is like this mixture between D&D and Pokemon. Huh. And I'm very excited about it. Like you pick the you you pick the type of character you are, not your class or anything like that. So you have like you're the rebel, you're the loner, you're the team leader, you're the whoever. Oh. And I'm going to make one up for my son and cuz he has just such an active imagination as it is. So I feel yeah. like I need to get him involved in this. I feel like it's going to be just such a good outlet for his mind and his brain and just to have some more quality time with daddy i'm just i'm really Aww. excited about it yay yeah my friends are gonna join me uh as well so it's gonna be me two other adults and Jaden, and Aww. really we're gonna let Jaden just kind of run this whole thing and we're just gonna spend like an hour on monday it's just letting like just going through the story with him it might be a little difficult at first he might not completely understand um, and I'm pretty sure my son is ADHD like I am. Uh, mm -hmm. so we might have to, we might have to struggle for the first few games, but we'll see how it goes. I know I sit still better when I've got something to do with my hands. I bring crochet to work and stuff like that. Uh, I know it. To keep oh, my hands I busy. It. Yeah. I know. And just my hands. Like, I can't be thinking about it. I just need to have something in my hands. Like, you know, um, uh, you mm -hmm. know how you can roll the the uh coin between your fingers sure i picked that up just because i just oh, needed neat. something to do while i was playing tabletop this is i just mess mm -hmm. with the coin or fiddle with the coin yeah. um and Fun. it can't be anything that is super taxing on my attention because i need to uh -huh. have something yeah just something small something small yeah so i can focus it on the other people yeah, a lot of people at the library will read books when they're not in the middle of helping someone. But I found that I tend to hyper-focus if I get into the book at all. And that's yeah. not compatible with me being a frontline worker. So instead, I crochet because I'm really good at still hearing the phone, still noticing out of the periphery of my vision that the door is opening, things like that. I'm better positioned to put it down in a hurry than for a book. So mm -hmm. that's that's basically a accommodation for me at this point yeah, is I that I crochet that. instead of reading at the desk. That's fair. I I don't blame you. I know I I know that some people uh, I I I know that crocheting has become a, a a bigger thing in recent years. So I'm pretty sure like can't you just buy designs now and just um work I mean the there are definitely people who professionally produce patterns and sell the rights to use them um in some cases for private use only, but a lot of times, you know, as long as you say this is from a design by so-and-so, sometimes you're able to sell your work. Um, oh. I mostly just make for myself just to keep my hands busy and I end up donating a lot of what I make or gifting it to people in my life that happen to be appreciative. You are I make also rugs. make rugs. 
rugs. I love me. No, a good rug. like I, know I, this is weird. I, I, here's the thing. Like I, I also, I, I'm a hook crafter. Like uh-huh. there's people who do needle arts with like cross stitch or knitting. I've tried both of them. I am a hook crafter. So I make latch hook rugs. I hook individual pieces of yarn through mesh, knot them one by one in a grid and it turns into a rug. So I've made like two or three of them already for my best friend. And she's also very much a skillful knitter and crocheter. So she appreciates what goes into making the tension even and things like that. Like, even though that's not her individual craft, she can appreciate that my stitches are tight and even and the amount of time and effort it takes to make into one. And she's already used to knowing how to take care of textile art. So she's got, you know, two or three already. And I made a massive one for myself (laughs) first. Have you ever tried to take this hobby of yours and give it to like one of your characters? Not yet. So I should. My my (laughs) friends, I have seen plenty of people. Matter of fact, the last guest I had on, and I talked about this just quite in depth, is where we... closest thing we, would probably be Weaver's Tools. Yeah. We um we love when people, at least like from an outside perspective, I love it when a player comes to the table and we have a good time with them and then they go away and they come back later. Um, Not like go away from the game, but like, you know, next session they come back with like an art piece drawn of the um game that or the the previous um uh, session we just had i knew i know somebody who makes um who loves to play in cyberpunk uh uh yeah cyberpunk settings and they leave and they come back and they're like hey i came up with this awesome electronic art that was based off of the uh last session and i think it would be really cool to play and so you could totally do it with your crocheting as well i believe i mean have a character who loves to like who when you go to a place or to build friendships loves to set down rugs for the people doesn't have to be you know you don't have to go in depth with the explanation as to why they just like to mm-hmm. do it and then you could leave and you can come back and you could be like well this is the rug that my character would have made and you could just give it to whoever oh my gosh what <laughs> i i love when people do stuff like that i love when people branch out and learn not only from the characters but from like their hobbies and bring it into the game oh and here he comes again yes my love bug no i am doing an interview right now and you have to be quiet all right can't wait to edit that out later (laughs) can't wait to edit all that out later that's it happens every Every session, it happened when with Ryan. It happened with my last guest. Every session, I have the obligatory also, data interrupts. Yeah, but also notice the professional library skill where I made zero noise somehow, even though that was so adorable. Aww, yeah, I <laughs> because love... it's my job not to intervene. <laughs> I love, I love my baby voice so much. I think being a librarian is cool. By the way, I always wanted to be a librarian. Yeah, me too. But I don't. I don't think it's in the cards. Um, so actually, fun fun side tangent. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody that works the desk and that you interact with as the library staff is going to be a proper librarian. Um, in the sense that that is a professional terminology designation, and at least where I live, um, that requires a master's level education in a relevant credential like in pennsylvania you have to have the master of library and information science or you are not a librarian you can be a branch manager without being a librarian but you cannot call yourself the branch librarian unless you have that credential is my understanding wow so i i just work circulation like i you know i'm i'm the person you think of as the librarian but the librarians actually do way more and different things than what I do. They're in charge of things like figuring out how to buy the book or, you know, do community outreach sometimes. They 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 have a lot to do that I my job is mostly just keeping the busy work out of the way of them so that they can do the things that only they can do. I am de facto support staff. 
Hell but yeah. I love I love how people like really do think that I am and I and I do have an uncanny even like according to my managers in the past um I do have an uncanny command of Dewey decimal numbers for someone who never formally sat down in a class about them other mm-hmm. than like the rudimentary like in grade school when they take you to the library to teach you how it works level like I probably saw a poster one time, but other than that, it's mostly just been stuff I've picked up by working. I used to be the shelver or a page. Some places call it a page and that's who puts things away. And that's Mm -hmm. one of their primary roles is to put things away, collect the book, drop that sort of thing. Um, Very important role. I, I know entirely too well how much that can take out of you physically. And it is a wonderful thing to have, different specializations within the library doing their specialized roles and to just have each other to lean on. I am team collaboration all the way, similarly to how in Pitter Pigs, PTRPGs, tabletop RPGs, you know, I don't know. But like the whole thing of each of us has our role, we can and will expand beyond if need be, but we have our specialization and that's what we're best and sometimes you need to call in the specialist and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But team collaboration who... all the way. And that's yeah. what it is for me is just collaborative storytelling. That's how I feel about it too. I, I, as I, I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but as I've gotten older, I, I much prefer the collaborative storytelling, the narrative than I do anything else. I just, I, I find that I just love the storytelling so much more than I love the combat or the fighting or anything like that. I have to say that... I've I've come to really love homebrew. Homebrew um over time. Homebrew, just things that people make up and introduce unofficial content that they just kind of this is me strong arming my uh, familiar pet from Kebu's game into the conversation because I'm just I'm just so I love him so much. So what happened is my Storm Herald barbarian adopted a lightning elemental that is basically modeled after a Craig cat. They the DM took the stat block and just kind of mushed it together with lightning elemental type skills. And so I now have zigzag, air quotes, Ziggy, Stardust as a secondary character. Because why not? Why not? I want a cat. There is a podcast and a few games that I feel like you should listen to. And and I bring these up only because you mentioned a cat. So... There's a podcast. No, 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 no. You had to go look at a cat. This is your doing. This is this is my doing. You're right. There is a podcast <laughs> called uh, a, Oh man, I forget the name of it exactly. Hold on. I my friend was on it not too long ago. Um it's basically a podcast where you 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 quite literally take a system that you really love and you make a literal cat in that system. You have to just, you have to go through and use the mechanics the best you can to make a physical cat. Um, a literal cat, I'm sorry. And then there is a bunch of games that all basically, I say a bunch. There's one off the top of my head. It's called Magical Kitties Save the Day. Do you know about that one? No, but I might need to. I love that game so much and i go to the gym a lot and i've been i've been slowly making friends with the people at the gym and what i would really like to do is i would like to get like a bunch of just really buff people to sit down with me and play this magical kitties save the day game (laughs) that's so i i would listen to that as an actual play i'm telling you right now i would listen to that as an actual play i say this very confidently with my adhd brain knowing full well that i have never successfully maintained a podcast listenings in my life but (laughs) like i've subscribed to so many and i listen to none of them i try so hard it's okay it's It's, it's, it's the brain spices (laughs) 
I know. I I get it. It is difficult sometimes. I I <clears throat> at my job, I work normally 12-hour shifts. I just need a lot of like I need to listen to something while I work. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. If there's something like playing on an intercom, I can listen to that. Unless it's mm-hmm. you know, the obligatory holiday music over and over and over again. Uh okay, that's a lie. I love holiday music. I'm sorry everyone had to find out this way. I love holiday music. But <laughs> um I listen to a lot of podcasts to help me pass the time. I mean a lot of podcasts. Um, you will be amazed about how much how how many podcasts you can get in during a twelve hour shift. If I weren't already really, really solid with my access to music and like I, I still have my CD player from when I was a student in the nineties. So mm-hmm. like I'm literally listening to CDs at home still. I I bought them, they're the mine, I might as well. But like when I'm crafting, I typically have music going in the background, but if I didn't, I would probably be listening to podcasts relentlessly. I've definitely seen people do that with much success. That's me. I want to get into audiobooks, but I just, it for whatever reason, it's not working for me. I, that's another thing that I have to I'll listen to a lot of his audiobooks. And I, again, I don't blame you. It's just, it's one of those things that it's going to work for you or it's not going to work for you. I know that there's a bunch of audio dramas over on Spotify um, that I personally like, but I know they don't work for everybody. But for anybody else that does still have their CD player, there is definitely, it's worth asking at your local public library because then they're free. Oh, yes. I listened to Jurassic Park that way. Nice. Ma- uh, Michael, Crichton. Crichton, thank you. I keep calling him Crichton. C-R-I-C-H-T-O-N, I think. Yeah, I know people keep getting mad at me for saying uh, Crichton. Is Crichton? Um, I think so. <laughs> I, I've only ever seen it written down. Now they're going to yell at me. Anyways, so there was something else you, you wanted to No, they're going to gonna yell up. at me because I work at a library and I should know better. I'll tell them not to. I'll I'll, I'll make sure nobody else. <laughs> I will. I will tell them. I will tell them. This is not your fault. <laughs> I say this as a professional library worker. It's just a thing that happens. Where if you've never heard the person say their name or spoken to someone who has heard the person say their name, there's no way to know how it's pronounced without more context than you're going to get off the cover of the book. There's no way to be sure. Until yeah. you ask someone, how do you say your name? Yeah, a lot of people call me Eland sometimes because of the way my name is spelt. But I, I mm. assure you, it's Island. I swear. I've gone by Island all of my life. You would know. It's my name. Leave me alone. Anyways, um, <laughs> there was something else that yeah. you wanted to bring up that I, I honestly do also really want to talk about. And that is the idea that you're putting a lot of yourself into your characters. Oh, goodness, yes. Um, and especially with the wizard artificer character, um, I, 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 again, built her as a test run for my angry librarian future, you know, arcane help desk warlock build. So the big running gag with Lynn was she doesn't want to be here. She doesn't want to be here. She just wants to sit in a corner and read her dang book. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I read and know things. That's my jam. So anytime we came across a puzzle, I would do a history check and see if Lynn had read about it in any of her books. And more often than not, with the modifier that I had going on that character, she had. So we just kind of breezed through a good chunk of the puzzles because Lynn had, you know, context. And was rolling really well. <laughs> but, you know, anytime there was a social time, it's like, bye. <laughs> and that's that's me at a party. If there's no snacks and no pets, I'm out. <laughs> but it, it's changed over time. But that was definitely a self-insert. Was just, I don't get to do that as much as I'd like to. And just say, nope, you're on your own. I want no part of this. I'm going to be over here reading. If if you need me, need me, fine. But if you don't, I'd like to finish this chapter. Thank you. So that was fun. I but, am. 
Uh, go ahead. But the idea that my Storm Herald barbarian also managed to just kind of accidentally adopt a cat was also just very like that's the sort of thing that probably will eventually happen to me or in my presence someday mm -hmm. shout out to my former cat he has passed away long since but rocket j cat was a fantastic cat like cat with a capital c and that's how we well, I say we. What happened is three of us in the family went to go look at kittens in someone's bedroom. And each of us wound up falling in love with a different cat from the other two. So we wound up with three cats. And mine was the Indiana Jones of the cats just exploring and like a cat's cat, you know, great hunter, very smart very mm -hmm. independent but will still come over and say hello because you have snacks and why not but like i that that's part of what happened with creating ziggy stardust is my character needed a little buddy mm -hmm. oh no i didn't even tell you about the duck sword the what now <laughs> so there was a meme about the sword of summoning ducks and mm -hmm. Somebody threw it in the group chat for that same game, and the DM said, you know what? Why not? So Heibu got a duck summoning sword, and and I, it, it's me. So, you know, out of character, I'm like, so incidentally, is there in-game equivalent of Purina duck chow? Uh -huh. And how much does it weigh, and how much does it cost? Because if she's going to be summoning ducks, it might be useful to keep one. Yeah. So that happened, and Sir Quacklin has turned out to be really useful. He got a 19 the one time. We had split the party at either end of a dungeon, and the one half of the party was deep in the dungeon in trouble. Sir Quacklin goes out doing an animal messenger, because we got two bards. We might as well use them. And so he goes and retrieves the rest of the party and gets a 19 on the die. Nat 19. The, the DM rolled it, not me to come and rescue the party and so they just fly backwards through the other end of the dungeon to come get us it was great he is probably my biggest achievement is sir quacklin sir quacklin i love sir, sir quacklin s-e-r space u-u-a-c-k-l-i-n and one of our bards named sir quacklin i love sir quacklin um, so much yeah. <laughs> I love Sir Quacklin so much. I really hope that game comes back online ever at all. <laughs> because I, I love that darn duck so much. <laughs> but just the, the absurdity of the situations my characters get into. Uh, Lynn, when she got super duper ridiculously drunk, failed the con save, but then passed the performance check for drunk karaoke. We ended up with like a, a, a pirate following us around with like little love notes and it's like I want no part of this and but they're like okay but like he's got a boat this might come in handy later please please just and it's like <laughs> so that was really fun to play up I was okay with it out of character but my character was not okay with this <laughs> yeah I I'm a big advocate of making sure people understand that it's okay to put a little bit of themselves in their characters I know that it can be quite a bit of a, a taboo in some in some areas of the tabletop or just the role-playing community in general because role-playing goes far beyond just the tabletop. It also expands into cosplaying. It also expands into MMO role-playing and acting and theater work and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like the idea of not being able to put just a little bit of yourself in your character is just like it just leaves a hole in your character where you're not entirely sure what to do with that hole and unless think, you go ahead i think it's possible to overdo it and i think that oh, is absolutely. definitely how i started with my role play was like being too on the nose with this cannot be me this has to be a specific separate entity and it was just i i don't personally have that level of extrapolation available uh internally to create a believable consistent i i don't have that ability to mind read and project what someone else will do 
in every improbable situation every single time if mm-hmm. i can you know make it partially me and partially based on an aggregate of other people that gives me a lot more leeway to make a much more um versatile and rounded satisfying character mm-hmm. because None of us quite know what's going to happen in that setting. Is it going to be a me moment? Is it going to be a not me moment? Like, what is Heibu going to do next? I don't even know. Well, I uh, definitely... And and to the opposite of that, it's entirely way... Like, you have to get it really in the middle of being not too much like yourself, but not too much like a stranger. Because if you go the opposite end and it's like way too much like your character, then everybody does it. They call you a, a Mary Sue, essentially, because you don't want mm-hmm. anything bad to happen with you. So you don't want anything bad to happen with your character. And, and you make up this, you, your character tends to be more overpowered the more it is like you, I guess. Huh. Yeah, I definitely had to overcorrect a little bit. I do have an unfortunate an inconvenient level of please don't kill off my characteritis but um definitely oh, no. at one point, I, I also don't like my characters dying trust me but also at one point i i got really really courageous around it and said you know what for the sake of the narrative heibu is so frustrated she doesn't rage in the like mechanical sense but she's definitely super annoyed she kicked a lever that wasn't moving for her Mm-hmm. in the dungeon and set off a trap and everybody suffered including her she she got an axe real good into her <laughs> for that one and has enough hp she was eventually fine but like that was memorable <laughs> mm-hmm. and it made for a really great character establishing development you know like clarification moment of you know, this is why she's a barbarian, is she had to learn to channel and direct her emotions because otherwise bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. So there's the very controlled, very deliberate barbarian rage factor where all of a sudden she gets stronger, focused, you know, the adrenaline or whatever, better positions for her to do what she needs to do. And then there's the I'm so mad right now. I'm going to kick this lever and oops, now I've now I've got an axe in me. Great. That hurt. I uh, and, uh what I... is that screaming down the hall from the other people in my party? Uh-oh, what did I do? Oh no. I um uh, I am very much somebody who um when I when I make a character to die, like I I will make characters specifically to die. Does that make sense to you? Ones that you deliberately aren't emotionally invested in preserving? Yeah, pretty much. I okay. uh, I used to run a guild in World of Warcraft. It basically, it was nothing but red shirts. And if you don't know what a red shirt is, a red shirt no, is... No, no, I... Okay. I <laughs> my mom okay. is a hardcore Trekkie. I grew up watching Next Generation. I know what red shirts are. <laughs> For anybody uh, out there listening... Who 99% is... of the time, they are expendable. And they oh, are there absolutely. just to get killed off. They are, they are there to die. If a red shirt goes to planet... That red shirt's gonna die. Somebody's gonna die, and it's not gonna be the character with a name. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, it's I gonna be to the red shirt. Yeah, I used to run a guild of nothing but red shirts, where it was basically um, you needed NPCs who could for an event for like an in an game event, and you didn't like, and you just like you might need someone to die for the sake of the so narration. like red shirts for hire. Yeah, basically. Oh and we would gosh. just go to other people's events in game and um like get in contact with the group later like, hey, if you ever need people for death, let us know and we'll be happy to be the death part of your game. So that way it feels like things are a little bit more higher stakes. Mm-hmm. Because when when you know people aren't gonna die, sometimes the story does get a little Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say die. Maybe saying die is the wrong word. If you know someone's not going to get hurt, like, to an extreme right. degree. There needs to be like a sense of this matters. Yes. And so the red shirts would come in and do that. And we would make new characters and, like, have them join the other guilds before, um, um, 
uh like way before the event would start that way people would be like oh like hey you're this new person yeah i'm here to role play and enjoy the game with you and then suddenly so bam, they care they're dead. When you... oh no i know it was devious That's... and i'm so That's sad so the was gone um i used to i used to spend a lot of time and care helping people craft their stories for their players um and I want to get that way in tabletops as well because I I know, I know that there's like so many cool and interesting stories out there to share with your friends and tabletop is just so cool because you get to do that. Sorry, I'm gushing about I, role playing I, again. I, it's good. This this gives me a chance to like catch my breath because I talk so much too. <laughs> oh, don't we all? Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's the it's the ADHD. It really is. Oh Half man, it's so much. Send them out into the world. <laughs> my friend, um, my friend, my last guest, Willow. She, uh, she started a podcast because her mother was like, "You're talking to me too much about this. Go start a podcast and tell tell all your friends." I love it. I love it. That is the best possible outcome that I could envision for that kind of setting. I mean, I, it was your idea. Like, of course I did. Like, what, what are you? supposed to do tell me not to do the thing you literally said to do this and like you can't be mad now yeah i i think it is that's the reason why i like podcasts so much is i just like talking with people and i like listening to people talk i'm very extroverted if you haven't uh figured it out yet yeah we're still trying to figure out where on the introvert extrovert ranges i am because i can be very reserved i can be downright shy and anxious Mm-hmm. But the minute, like like one of my friends has said explicitly from the yarn crew, you know, the way to get an introvert talking is to pick the topic they already want to talk about, and then they won't stop. Mm-hmm. But if it's not the right topic, they won't say anything. They don't need to. So that's that's part of what happened, I think, is I just really enjoy my characters, and I really enjoy the collaborative element of tabletop RPGs. And I, I do play like more classical JRPGs as well. I I was really into Final Fantasy games for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got through the entire story arc of 9. I, I love nine. wanted oh, to get God, further in 10, but the co- completionist aspects got me real good in the no time. But like I love the idea of seeing what if it's my favorite stuff to read when I can read is sci-fi fantasy, speculative fiction, the, well, what would happen under such and such conditions? Like the, the question books are my favorite and the fiction books where it doesn't have to strictly align with what's already known to be possible. I just ordered a replacement copy of one of the analog six anthologies from when Mm. i was growing up which when i say when i was growing up it was my mother's copy like that that is a very old publication compared to me but we had a copy it was a mass market paperback and i i still remember some of the stories very fondly and i'm like you know what i'm an adult with adult money i'm gonna go buy me a copy because i don't have one right now and i can afford seven dollars i it's so that's that my splurge that. for the month. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. I also have a I also have a um a copy of Redwall. And I know that's silly. I have a copy of Redwall. It's not silly. Since... A lot of people really loved those books when they first I... came out. And if you have no reason to stop loving them, you're gonna keep loving them. You're absolutely right. I hope to be able to pass this book down to Jaden someday. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be into reading like I was into reading because I love to read. Now, here's the cool thing. I used to love, I loved reading Goosebumps as a kid. I don't know why, but I loved scary things as a kid. And sure, I was frightened and everything, but I always had like a lot of fun watching spooky stuff or reading spooky books or something like that. My son loves spooky stuff. He loves watching scary things. Um, he picks the shows and there are some shows like, absolutely. I will not let him watch, but for the most part, when we watch something spooky, like Markiplier or Jacksepticeye or something like that, Mm -hmm. he loves 
loves watching them and he doesn't get scared or anything. So I'm hoping this means that he's on the same sort of path I was because eventually he'll he'll turn to fantasy and I hope that means that he'll get to enjoy Redwall like I got to enjoy Redwall. And I hope that he gets to enjoy tabletops like I got to enjoy tabletops. You know what I mean? And even if it's not the exact same stuff, you know, everybody I've met eventually finds their something that they love. And there will be a community around it, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. I um oh but something else you were saying that I wanted to talk about is um about finding like what level introvert and extrovert you are. I uh, you don't have to look at those as like two opposite ends. You can put them up like side by side and just see like which which one are you more of at that moment? Am I am I more extroverted yeah. and I just don't want to go out at the moment, or do are my are am I more introverted and don't want to go out or and socialize, or do I want to go out and socialize? And I mean. No one's gonna blame yeah, you. Yeah, I view them the... as separate slider bars, and I I have a blend of factors that lean in both directions. I crave connection, I crave interaction and social time, but a bit like a cat, I kind of it has to be under the right conditions, or it's worse than nothing. Hmm. <laughs> I um. Uh, no one. I mean. And if you're out there and you're listening to this right now and you have reservations about, you know, about being out in public with people or you get anxiety a lot or just whatever, no one, no one in the right mind should be upset at you for, you know, taking your mental, your mental health seriously, uh, your, your emotional health seriously. So if you feel like you can't play, don't play, just don't play. It's okay. I mean, most, most playgroups I've ever been in have been, you know, pretty much all right with it. And the the right crew will understand and will make space for you to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. We've absolutely had sessions in my games where two players were missing because they had, whatever reason, not been able to come that session. And part of our solution was to have six players. And, yeah. you know, if everybody shows up, great. Everybody's in game that day. And if somebody doesn't, you know, doink, the Velociraptors just took these two characters. Maybe they'll be back next time. Yeah, Maybe they I, won't. I've done that before too, where I've been like, um, where I'll just like invite some, like, like I'll I'll start off with uh, I like to prefer I prefer my preferred play group is three players plus a GM, um, mm-hmm. just because. Oh hi, I am so happy that you found Garden of Ban Ban, cartoon on your tablet. Hey buddy, I'm almost done. I'm wrapping this up pretty much. I'm so proud that you eat your chicken nuggets. Well, I guess I'm going to just finish this with him here because he is he is determined to spend some time with me, which is A-OK. Aww. <laughs> Yay! Is, and plus, Parenting we've been getting... Win. To... The child wants to be with you. I know. We're going to turn this down. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, um, but we have been recording for pretty much an hour, and this is pretty yeah. much where I get to stop. Everybody who's listening to this podcast exactly knows what's happening. Uh, <laughs> um. If uh, is there one of the biggest things I'd like to ask is um, is there any is there any um, advice that you might have for uh, people out there in the role playing community, people out there in the um, no, you got to turn that down all the way down. It has to go all the way down. Then go into the table, my love bug. Just give me two seconds. Is there any advice that you have for any role players out there? Yeah, absolutely. The right people will make the best game and the wrong people, it will never work. So find your people and they are out there. They are probably out there. I recently came across the action fiction third-party content and I have found a great community with them. And similarly, the Modern Sam bunch, great folks, just very supportive. They, Mm -hmm. the communities do exist. We are out there. Come find us. We are looking for you. You know, we want to grow and support each other. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. That's what I would say to people that haven't found their niche yet. Hell yeah. And do you have anything that she would like to plug at the end of this? No, I think I just did. I think I just did. The Action Fiction crew is amazing. They're currently working on 
couple other projects besides the one that I backed on Kickstarter, but keep an eye out for them on Kickstarter. They've been doing that. They've got a Patreon. And similarly, the Modern Sam app is set to drop late 2023. It's about uh, helping people with ADHD and similarly neurospicy situations to self-manage a little better or at least easier. But again, Baked In Community is my biggest strategy for getting myself through life. And I want that for as many of you as possible. And that's all we have for this conversation this day. Thank you again, everybody new and old, for coming to join me. Thank you again, everybody who's filling out the form and giving me the ability to come and talk to you. It's going to be wonderful to have that conversation with you. If you have a social media and you really like this episode, please, sharing this episode makes so much of a difference. It really does. And if you don't want to share, just you know, leave me a little comment on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty much everywhere. And that would also help. Leave me five stars if you liked it. Or, you know, don't. You know, put your honest opinion, for real. I prefer honesty over just glamorizing the, the podcast. I would like to know how I can improve, not how I can be full of myself. And again, if you want to just talk to us, come and join us in the Discord. I'd really love having you there to talk and chat. You know, hell, you don't even have to do that. You can just be there and stalk us. That's fine, too. It's open for everybody. Anyways, have a lovely Monday, guys, and be good. <laughs>